0: not judging sometimes you need to get a little more sleep in
1: yeah and if you need to sleep in we're fine with that we get it we sleep in ourselves when we can um we'd much rather you did that at home in your bed than in our pews You can always catch up with the sermon, at least, later, right here on this Sunday morning Sleep In podcast.
0: You'll still miss out on uh, all the fun stuff that happens when the people of God gather, Mm -hmm. where we have uh, that intergenerational experience and small children running up and down the aisles and cookies after church. But we'll give you what we can.
1: I'm Chris Marshall.
0: And I'm Susan Foster.
1: And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts. uh, We're not... Preaching professors, we are just your average pastors helping our congregations think
0: through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast so that if you happen to have to miss church for work or coaching your little kids' soccer team or maybe, yes, just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church.
1: Yeah, a lot of my people go skiing now that it's winter, oh, right? Yeah. And so they can listen to the podcast in the car on the way to the slopes. And then, of course, consider our wisdom all day long while they ski so each episode is not the sermon it's a conversational version of the sermon that we gave so whatever day it is when you're listening to this whether it's sunday on your way to the slopes or or some other time during the week we hope that you receive
0: this with an open mind and an open heart just a quick note we don't really care if you agree with everything we say or not in fact, we hope you don't. Yeah. We encourage you to question and think, to disagree, and to figure out what you think. Our sincere hope, though, is that um, you will experience the mystery that is God, the love, that force that is moving in the world as you consider this.
1: Well, it is finally Christmas, Susan Foster. Woohoo! I know, I'm so excited about that. We had Christmas Eve services, so today and the next podcast will both be sort of Christmas Eve Esque, esque, So picture, if you will, a dimly lit sanctuary with everybody holding candles and singing Silent Night while the pastor gets up to be a smartass, basically, um, about... You? No. what About the meaning of Christmas. So uh, the scripture for us uh, downtown on Saturday night was the traditional Luke chapter 2 with the shepherds and the angels and the birth part is one verse and everything else is who's the governor of where and what else is going on in the world and and this is the story. This is the story that, that you all know that you've heard Charlie Brown talk about that you've heard whoever. I, I
0: talked about it a couple weeks ago. Yeah,
1: you you already so you know I have nothing new to say. And it's <laughs> it's true. Always something new to These say. These stories are so familiar though, right? Right. These stories are so familiar and most people, even if they don't go to church on a weekly basis, if they have some connection to church, they will show up for Christmas Eve. Eve. Yeah. And so that's the only sermon that they might hear during the year. And so you don't want to bore them. You want to give them something new to think yeah, about. Yeah, give them something new to think about. If they come back every year and I'm preaching the same sermon every year,
0: they're gonna leave me. <laughs> I think we could argue with that, but that's a whole other conversation.
1: No, don't so. leave me. <laughs> My abandonment issues are coming back. One of the things that I did this year while I was getting ready for Christmas at church, while I was getting ready for Christmas with my family, while I was getting ready for Christmas at my house, while I was doing all the Christmas preparation-y stuff, was I, oh, my name is Chris Marshall, and I watch holiday Christmas movies on Netflix. I do. I love them. They're so bad. They're so So terrible. terrible. I love them. I love them. And... And as I was watching them today, this last week, and, and all month, really, the question that came up in almost every single movie had to do with believing in Christmas. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. somebody didn't believe in Christmas, then they were going to be a cranky, bah humbuggy, scroogey person, person. And
0: at and some point... point, life was going to be awful.
1: Yeah. Magic had to strike them so that they could be a less horrible person at some point. It was all about believing in Christmas. And I don't know what that means. Yeah. I... <laughs> I don't know what believing in Christmas means. And so I've been thinking about it. So I decided to make a list because that's what I do. Okay. I made a list of what believing in Christmas means in all these different movies. And so, of course, my favorite Christmas movie is Elf.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And actually it's Family Stone, but that one is less fun to preach about. In Elf, believing in Christmas includes, but is not limited to, finding a childlike joy and wonder. In mm-hmm. the season, which becomes flesh, what's that word? Incarnates Incarnate itself. Himself. Becomes incarnational in the form of Zoe Deschanel, who sings Christmas carols. In the when,
0: shower.
1: Yeah, well, she does that. Thanks for that. I meant when Santa's sleigh crashes and they're trying to restart the Giggle oh, Master right, 4000 right, right. or whatever it is that runs Santa's sleigh. Right. So she starts to sing. She sort of gets over her fear of that, and she starts to sing. And she finds Christmas joy, and she spreads her Christmas joy with all of the people around. And this is what keeps Santa's sleigh running. So Christmas, believing in Christmas, for Zoe Deschanel and Elf, is about joy. Singing. It's about yeah. It's about it's about joy.
0: Okay. About, okay.
1: I'll go there. Stretch. Stretch there with me. I'll stretch there with you. I I wanted to come to these movies and be like they get it all wrong. It's all materialistic and terrible, but. And I was like, well, joy is not bad. Like, joy's that's one bad. of the candles we light, right? Leading up to Christmas. One of the things that we anticipate it's joy. is joy. It's joy. So, you know, that's cool. And we're Methodists, so singing. Okay, we can go there. Yeah, okay, we can go there. go there. We have rules for singing, by the way. If you ever want a kick in the pants, read the Methodist rules for singing. Okay, so the next one was Christmas in the Smokies. And I watched this one because you and I just took a trip in October uh, over to North Carolina to check out the Smoky Mountains and go to the National Park just in time uh, before those horrible fires that came through and devastated so many people's lives. So I wanted to watch Christmas in the Smokies. And it was a story about a young woman who's about to lose the family farm.
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: But her ex-boyfriend, who is now a famous country singer, comes back to town to get in touch with his roots. Okay. And she has to try and figure out a way to forgive him so that he can help her save the farm. Okay. All right. Now, I don't know if Jesus cares about saving the farm, but forgiveness. That's a big one. Forgiving somebody who has hurt you, that's sort of a standard thing, right? That's a pretty big deal. So Elf, we have joy. Christmas in the Smokies, we have forgiveness. And then my favorite of the year that was released on Netflix was Naughty and Nice. Uh, Naughty and Nice is about a shock jock radio DJ who works in LA and spends his life making fun of people and makes fun of the wrong person at the wrong time on air and gets in trouble and gets shipped off to the sticks where he ends up co-hosting a radio show with a psychotherapist Mm -hmm. whose name is literally Dr. Love because why not? Because why not? Played by Haley Duff who can act, who knew? And so, uh, so he goes and he ends up, she's Dr. Love. She's Dr. Love. Okay. Just checking, just getting the right picture in my head. Haley Duff is Dr. Love. And, um, in the midst of co-hosting this radio show and becoming part of this life of this small town, he begins to develop empathy for people, not just to sort of dwell on his own hurt and then to lash out at other people, but to develop empathy for people and to listen to other people's stories. And I sort of thought, okay, so we have joy, we have forgiveness, and we have empathy. Actually, those all seem pretty Christmassy to me. Um, and then the last one is The Santa Claus, a classic, right? Tim Allen. Yes. And he accidentally kills Santa, like you do. And in the midst of accidentally killing Santa, has to take over the job, right? And it totally disrupts his life. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And he, you know, tries to keep it from a bunch of people, but he finds out that, you know, actually sharing that with them is what's going to help him do it well. But he basically has to take a bunch of risks to become somebody who can bring joy to other people. Like he he has to get out of his own way. Yep. And I think that whole taking a risk to embody something that is new and different that might bring somebody else's life into a place that it needs to be that's 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 a message That's the whole story of Christmas right there right there, like right there yeah Jesus is just showing up with us um and so I kind of went into this wanting to make fun of these movies and say this is not what Christmas is about but I sort of thought well maybe it maybe it, really it is. is So I got started thinking about This Calvin and Hobbes comic strip. There's one where Calvin is talking about how he doesn't understand Santa. He doesn't get Christmas. He doesn't understand Santa because it doesn't make sense. Like, why all the secrecy? Why all the mystery? Mm. Why doesn't he just show up and prove himself? (laughs) And Hobbes, who is the voice of reason, the stuffed tiger, the voice of reason, says, well, I don't know, but isn't this a religious holiday? (laughs) And Calvin says, well, yeah, but actually I've got the same questions about God. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, why doesn't he just show him, show up and prove himself? What's with the mystery? What's with the secrecy? And this scripture is this fantastical story about God showing up, not in glory, not to prove anything, but showing up and becoming human yes. and showing us what it means to live lives of joy and hope, yep. and forgiveness and empathy and stepping up and helping out where we can. Yeah, um, risking ourselves for somebody else's well-being, and how that is what the kingdom of God really looks like, and it's disappointing for us because we want it to be something much holier and shinier than that. But mm-hmm. Christmas is such a mundane thing; it's the everyday right thing, and Jesus is constantly disappointing us. Yes, Brian McLaren says, you know, we want Jesus to come in and save us, but Jesus is short on sermons and long on conversations. Hmm. He's short on answers, and long on questions. He's short on abstractions and propositions, and long on stories and parables. He's short on telling you what to think, and long on challenging Challenging you you to think think for yourself. And that is disappointing for us because we want there to be a right answer. We want there to be the right way to do things. We constantly try to narrow what is okay, which we call orthodoxy, right? belief. Right. Brian McLaren talks about having a generous orthodoxy. Yes. That is not about narrowing it down to make God fit into the categories that you think God should fit in, but opening it up so that you can see the Holy moving, even Where? in really mundane places, like these terrible made-for-TV movies, movies that come on Christmas. Like, even in these places, God has something to say to us. And if we're paying attention, if we're paying attention, it's not that the holy is something separate from us, it's that it is with us. Yes. Albert Einstein said, you can live your life as if nothing is a miracle, or as if everything is a miracle. Everything is a miracle. And so Christmas, for me, this story is really about... Can we see the miraculous in the ordinary? I occasionally listen to Prairie Home Companion because I'm secretly 75 years old <laughs> and knit. Yeah. I do. I, I It's always on the radio when it's on NPR when I'm driving home from church on Sundays. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. So, and I have to usually go run a couple errands after church on Sundays before I come home and crash. And so it's always on. And this song caught me the other day. And it's been living in my head. Okay. It's a song by Chris Thiel, who's the new Garrison Keeler of Prairie okay. Home Companion. Yeah. He's a bluegrass musician. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. And he wrote this song called Douglas Fur. <laughs> and Douglas Fur is a song that starts off in this way. He says, For unto you was born this day in the city of David, a child who is Christ the Lord. And then, you know, there's some bluegrassy stuff. Right. And then he says, for unto us was born last May a little girl. Mm. and he talks about seeing the wonder of this time of year through her eyes. Oh yes and how the trees that sparkle and these Douglas firs that are so tall, oh. everything is magical and mm-hmm. um, and this is such a precious time and it's gonna pass so quickly and she's gonna grow up soon and uh, and then he sort of broadens it out again and he says for unto us was born last May. 10 million children. Oh. And the government shall rest upon their shoulders and let all of their names be blessed. Mm. And I just love that he kind of broadened it out from like, there, you know, here's this Jesus baby to their his daughter. Right. To all of the children who were born last May. And then he broadens it out again. And he says, For unto us was born into the city of David, a child who is Christ the Lord. And however you might feel about that, From Syria to Manhattan, let every child be adored. To be able to see that spark of life and Mm -hmm. what is holy in every life, that is what brings peace and hope and joy and love. When we can actually have empathy for each other. Yep. So... What I told my congregation was I don't really care what they believe about Christmas. I don't think that believing in Christmas means you have to think that Mary was a virgin or that Jesus was God or that Bethlehem was a thing or that Herod was a thing. I don't, I don't know that you have to subscribe to all the doctrines. I don't care what you believe about Christmas. I care if you believe in Christmas. I care if you believe in the actions that we take in joy and hope and forgiveness and empathy and solidarity that can actually change the world a little bit at a time. And if we can notice what is holy, even in our own corners of the world. So that was the Christmas Eve sermon. Sounds good. On Saturday night. And um, since then, we've had a few more days. I keep catching myself because I'm, I think I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. You know? Because Christmas is sort of a marathon for pastors, I keep catching myself scoffing, like when I see people who I think are getting Christmas wrong, and then I go, "Oh wait, what was no, my sermon about no, again?" Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so in other words, your sermon on Saturday night was not for everybody else, but was it's mostly always for, for you. me?
1: It's always for me. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So. But to to see that and to to live into that. I think that that's the most fascinating thing I think about when we get into the scripture and we get thinking about it as as preachers mm. is how often we say something and in the moment we've we've written it or thought about putting it in our sermon we think we believe it. Yeah. And wait. then we have to go, "Oh wait." Well, and then we go, "Oh wait," and then we go, "Oh yeah." I mean, I think it's not just like, "Oh wait, like I'm a hypocrite." It's like, "Oh yeah. I'm still working on this too."
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All those little things that could be annoying, you know, trying yeah. to find ways to just kind of let them go. Mm-hmm. Or if it's something that needs to be confronted to confront it. Although I found I, I tend to confront things that I don't need to confront quite often. Yeah. Um, but just to let it go with a big smile and say, yeah. okay.
0: Yeah. So And I love that fairy home companion thing because I was talking to with one, one of my folks on Sunday morning who had been at our five o'clock service on Saturday night, which is a all comers have a part. Even the grown-ups, yeah. they have to be a shepherd or a, a, a sheep, or not a sheep, uh, a king or an angel, and there's actions and stuff. But I said, oh, did you have pictures of it? Because somebody had missed the service and wanted to see pictures. And she said, oh, I already took him off my camera. But the best one was everybody gathered around the new baby in our church. He's oh. only like 18 days old. Or no, he's a little older than that. Like a month old, right? Wow. Like he's he's still like he's still got new baby smell, right? A little creepy, but but yeah. Do you know what what I mean? Like, he's still like, but also that it wasn't, there was this baby in our midst. Yeah. And we could see that baby in his fullness and who he might become. Yeah. But reflected, as you say, in that that way of like, unto us is born a child, and here we go.
1: Yeah, and here we go. And Here
0: we go about loving him and his family. And here's another and, chance. And here's another chance. Somebody
1: told me, I forget who said this originally. I think they were quoting somebody else or perhaps a meme on Facebook. But it was something like, every new baby is proof that God hasn't given up on us yet. Yeah. Every new baby is sort of proof that, yeah, life goes on and we can make different choices or better choices or better really choices. great choices yeah. and try and create a world of justice and peace and all of yeah.
0: that. So. They might just be the ones who have that get through to us. Yeah. Yeah.
1: My so. trick is I'm always like, Yes, kids, come save us, but then it sort of exempts me from
0: <laughs> Yeah. No, no, because we've gotta we've gotta we be gotta a part of that to, work too. too. Yeah. Like, we be part it's done to it us, too. right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. But again, along the lines of you can say one thing and then find yourself acting in a way that's contrary to that, kids watch how we behave.
0: Yep. Right? So when we talk about Christmas and we talk what Christmas is really about, we need to live it.
1: Yeah, we got to live that. So. <sighs> I know, no pressure.
0: No pressure. <laughs>
1: Christmas Eve homework.
0: Christmas Eve homework. Oh my God. Yeah. And this year you don't have very much time between Christmas Eve homework and the next Sunday. So Yeah,
1: exactly. Anyway. Anyway. Well, that was it. That was it.
0: Thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. We're glad you joined us. If you have questions for us, we do have an email availability uh, at the Sunday Morning Sleep In at gmail.com and on Facebook at. And- at the Sunday Morning Sleep Just Sunday Morning. Just Sunday know Morning. No, the. No, the. No, the. And you can find us on SundayMorningSleepIn.com as well. Yeah. So Chris said she preached from Luke 2, and you can look that up and read that story. Luke 2. It's right at the beginning of Luke 2. Right at the beginning of Luke 2. You yes. won't miss it. You won't miss it. The theme music you heard is Take Me Higher from Jazar.
1: It's traditional at the end of a service to uh, give everybody a blessing. And the truth is that there's nothing that we can say that will make you holier. You are already holy. If you think that you're boring or sarcastic or cynical or too tired or too zany or too weird, um, you are holy. You are adored. And there is hope and joy and peace and love for you too. And the best way to find those things is to behave as if they already exist. You have been blessed. May you go out and be a blessing to others.
0: And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.